This is Just Football. Welcome to another episode of Just Football. Full house again this week, just about. I think, well, in person, maybe not in in mine. So you've got me hosting today, Dan, and alongside me, I've got Dan, S, and Dave, and Dave's cat, looks like. So firstly, I've got to, uh, for for everyone listening, I've got to address a wrong I've done to my two co-hosts. So both recovering from illness, but I've been accused of not showing enough uh, care and attention to them in our WhatsApp chat. So first things first, how are you guys doing? I'm just about alive. Thank you. Thank you for caring. It's it's nice to see this public display of, I was going to call it affection. I don't want to call it affection, but of, of care. Empathy, maybe. Empathy, yeah, that's that's the right word. But thank you for checking in. I, I'm not convinced there is empathy. I think you're saying it for the sake of saying it. Saving <laughs> face. It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a fun because it's in front of our listeners. No, but just thank like, you for... But, I would say just like football is a team sport, this is a team part. And yeah, all for one and one for all. Yeah. <laughs> thank uh, you Dan thank you thank you for asking Dan I'm a lot better than last week uh, and for everyone who's listening my cat and his football knowledge is a lot greater than mine <laughs> does he support he's an Arsenal fan as well that's the oh. family <laughs> are you sure we need to, to we need to ask verification anyway on <laughs> on with the show it's an international break but there's quite a bit to talk about um mainly the fact again I'm I'm just just feels frustrating that only eight games into the season we've got another international break but um, another we'll one next start. month as well yeah exactly yeah I, I don't get it I don't get it um we'll start with the Euros uh, obviously that's why we've got the break so I think as of today I've got the teams that have already qualified as being Belgium France Portugal Spain Scotland which is good for, good for Scotland they're there um turkey and austria so they're the ones who already qualified i won't i won't go through the results because we've got a lot but um looking at the group so yeah in spain's group we've got norway who lost out there in group b we've got um so we've said france have gone through so that's the that's the interesting one here so at the moment in second place we've got netherlands and we've got Greece in third. But the, the interesting one there is we've got Ireland in fourth. So, had a bad article that Ireland, though, face a really strange thing where apparently they can lose their next game against the Netherlands and still qualify. Now, I've got an article well, I think, here and I'm still... I think the weird thing is, is that they can take advantage from losing by helping Holland qualify. There's a backdoor route into the knockouts, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, I did have a quite in-depth article on this last night, which I can't find. But I'll be honest with you, I've read it, I've seen multiple videos and it still feels confusing. But yeah, basically, they um, have a weird scenario where because of the Nations League that started in 2018, nations have two means of qualifications for the Euros. So the Euro playoffs include the best performing sides from the Nations League that fail to qualify automatically for Euro 2024. This means that Ireland cannot have more than seven teams above them in the Nations League ranking that fail to qualify automatically from the groups. The Netherlands are one of the sides above Ireland in the Nations League rankings. That means it would be beneficial for Ireland uh, if Netherlands beat them, or, or sorry, it, it would be beneficial for Ireland if Netherlands qualify ahead of Greece, as Greece are ranked below the Irish. So an Ireland de- defeat to Netherlands, who face Greece uh, tonight um, on November 18th in the final qualifier, would create an additional playoff spot for Ireland. However, a win would almost certainly take away their chance of advancing. So, yeah, winning a game means they won't qualify, but losing it means they're likely to qualify. That's a crazy situation, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I'm not sure if we've been faced with... I know we've been faced with situations where both teams need a draw to qualify, so they, they play it out um, you know, a long That's time ago. That's often to knock another team out, isn't it? That's often it? to knock another team out. But this is this is a bit unique, isn't it? Because what do you tell... Do they then get in trouble for throwing a match? Like, at what point do they get... You know, they go out to lose. 
so they can have a chance of qualifying, do they then get done for match fixing? Like, how, how far do you take this? Well, and can you trust... The, the thing is, they could go out and lose it anyway, but in the back of your head now, you're going to have... Yeah. Did they try? Which yeah. is unfair on them. It is unfair on them, because they're in a... <laughs> Is it a lose-lose or a win-win situation? I'm not quite sure which way around it is. It's a lose-win. Lose-win situation. But, yeah, <laughs> yes, it's a weird one. Um, I don't know how they play it. I don't know what tactics the manager gives them. Um, you know, if they go 1-0 down, the manager goes, just don't chase it. Just don't, 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 chase, don't chase that goal. Just defend. But it's, it's an odd situation, and I, and I don't think it should should be allowed to happen either. No, it's... It's silly. It's silly rules where we've got a situation whereby the third, the fourth place team could qualify for the knockouts as opposed to a third place team. That yeah. doesn't make any sense just because of some outside ranking. Can you remember, imagine in the Premier League if if it turned out that seventh place in the Premier League qualified for Champions League but fourth didn't? Like it's it's yeah. that yeah. it's that kind of yeah. scenario, and it just they need to rethink it and yeah, not allow that to happen again. It used to be the case, I don't know whether it still is now, but the UEFA would, uh, certainly for club competition, award the team who's got the best disciplinary record a place in Europe. Yeah, yeah, that used to be a thing, didn't it? Mm. I, I'm not sure, quite sure it is in the Premier League anymore. I haven't heard that mentioned for a few years. No. Doesn't that also mean, though, you could just go through a game, you don't make any tackles, you don't do anything? I think that's why they scrapped it in the end. I've got a feeling it was scrapped, but I think it is for that reason where teams were not playing to win, they were playing to be clean. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's fair. You also need a maths degree to work out how the qualification <laughs> yeah. element works. Well, yeah. I have got a maths degree, um, but I still can't work out how it works. But I haven't done too much reading into it. Yeah, I, I, and this was it. I mean, I was getting a headache from reading it, but I kind of get what they're doing. You know, they want to make the Nations League competitive and, you know, it's fair enough to give them a route in. But yeah, we shouldn't be in a situation where a team will benefit from losing, you know, because a third place team like Greece, if they finish third, they won't qualify anyway. But the ramifications are more, what what could it mean? And I'm not saying the scenario they're in now, Ireland losing for ne- Netherlands, you know, could they have finished second, do you know what I mean, in the top of the group? It, yeah, it, it, it leaves a sour taste in the mouth, doesn't it? As in yeah. this scenario. Yeah, agreed. Okay, so that was Group B. Group C is the one that, a, a big say in it will happen tonight. So that's England's group. So no one's qualified at the moment from that, but I can't see, you can't see past England topping that group. Um, so England, Italy play tonight. And who, now, are, you Italy, support, who are you supporting, Dan? Out of those two nations, so England, Italy are playing tonight. <laughs> and... <laughs> oh, England, Italy played tonight, and yeah, Italy have had a good run recently. So they are in second place on ten points, with England on thirteen. Now, I think it's um, if it's a draw at level on points, it's head to heads, isn't it? Then I think it's goal difference in head to heads. I believe so and at the moment yeah. um, and then it's I, overall goal difference isn't it it's typically if you're on the same goal difference but if you've scored more goals typically that's the one that gets uh, precedent the better defensive record. yeah so i think italy would have to win like two nil tonight or, or by two clear goals i think because england have got 14 goal difference italy have got six but what's going to be interesting in that group is is that that next pack because you've got Italy on 10 Ukraine on 10 and North Macedonia on 7 however Ukraine and Macedonia have played an extra game so all to play for there um, but that's as I said that's playing this evening in group D we've got um, Turkey as we said have qualified Wales in second so there's a good chance for, for Wales to, to get qualification there level on points with Croatia in group E we've got Albania and the Czech Republic at the uh, Albania on 13, Czech Republic on 11, with Poland on 10 and Moldova on 9. That's a close group there. Group F, we've got Belgium and Austria qualified uh, straight through. Um, Sweden are the team really there that lost out. Group G, we've got Hungary at the top with Serbia second on 10 and Montenegro on 8. Uh, I think it can only be them. Group H, we've got 
at the top, Slovenia and Denmark. Um, I think we've said they have already. Oh no, 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 no! They, they there's still a few more games. They're they're in a group of six, but yes, yeah, Slovenia and Denmark are on 16 points there. And the final two groups, we've got group well, we've got Romania and Switzerland at the top. And the final group, we've got Portugal uh, have won that group, 24 points. Slovakia second. Um, yeah, and, and those two or three. So there's still quite a few groups to be decided for, uh, to be played for. Like I said, I think the interesting one will be tonight's result. I think that that could throw that table open. But again, like, like I said, England just don't ever have problems sort of topping the group. So what's your view on the game? I, I've, I've, probably the last 10 or so years, it feels like qualifying for the tournament has been a pre-gone conclusion. So I found it really hard to get excited and sometimes even follow. Um, like until you just mentioned, it, I had no idea how many points in England were ahead of Italy and, and what we needed. Um, so I think, you know, England, I think will qualify. Um, but it just depends on how Italy do, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I, I just I find it hard to get into it sake, at this stage. Good, footballing's sake, I think it'd be good for an Italy win tonight, but just for footballing's <laughs> sake, I think it is. <laughs> but also, <laughs> also quite amusing when they don't as well. So it's uh, it's catch-22. Um, they have, um, you know, going into this, we'll come on to it. There is a scandal brewing in, in that country, but the last time they had a scandal, they won the World Cup the next year. So uh, that might be a good home. <laughs> that's, that's what you've been missing. But it, yeah. Italy as a nation is is a weird one, isn't it? They've been so hit and miss international stage over the last sort of years to win the Euros and then not qualify for the World Cup either side. It's just, yeah. it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Yeah. Jekyll and Hyde really is. Yeah. I mean, the Euros, they probably shouldn't have won as well. They just played above themselves in that. Yeah. So that was one of those results, but it's a shame they couldn't capitalise on it. But I've, I've got hope because I think there has been a shake-up. There is more introduction in youth. I think where England are absolutely far and away, like sort of leaders, is just that that academy setup, the youth setup, and I think that's where it is. I think in Italy that's been uh, neglected for a long, long time, um, and yeah. it might still take a bit of time. But you know, we're seeing a lot of young players again come through, like Idogi yet. Uh, um, at Tottenham, so I think it might take another tournament, but let's see. Let's see what happens. It's Con- Conte been... the manager now, isn't he? Is Conte the manager of Italy now? No, it's uh, Spalletti. Spalletti. Oh, apologies. Yeah, I think Conte is being rumoured to be the next Napoli manager. I think oh. potentially, potentially. Um, Dave, anything from you on the Euros? Not really, to be honest. I mean, England qualification. I like Dan. I'm in the same canoe as Dan. I'm really not that bothered or fast. And there's nothing, nothing really exciting about qualification. From a, I suppose if you're one of the top teams in Europe, it's kind of much of a muchness. And it's not until you get to the European competitions that actually there's a bit more excitement, or even a World Cup. Do you, even, do you think that's because they've allowed so many teams into the big tournaments that qualifying has just become easier for for the top nations? I think that is part of the problem. Obviously, the Nations League was kind of introduced, A, as another tournament to, I suppose, move away from friendlies, but the National League, I couldn't care about. It's it's weird. Maybe, perhaps it's the the way England play. I mean, Southgate is not one to exude any sort of excitement, and uh, I think there are are issues and challenges around management and the style of play, so that, that could be it, that could be the element where as an Arsenal fan, I've been lucky to watch good football. Now, obviously, as Tottenham fans, you are watching good football. You'd rather watch that than watch something quite dull and dreary, like a Southgate side. Actually, on that, so, uh, well, two things then. If, just a, a, a theoretical thing. So if, if England were to lose tonight, though, would that make it a bit more exciting for you? Because then it opens up three teams could potentially finish in the top. Any three of, like, uh, Ukraine, Italy... England could finish in any of those positions. Take that smile off your face first, Dan. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just <laughs> say. Potentially Cause making think... it because it becomes a bit more competitive. I, I, I don't know what it is. Like, I feel like European qualifiers and World Cup qualifiers have definitely got more boring over the last sort of 10 years. Like, I remember when, actually, was it 2008 World Cup where we were playing Italy in the last game and both teams, I think Italy needed a win and England just needed a draw and that was really competitive and everyone got behind them. I just don't feel like as many people will tune in tonight to, to, to watch it. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe oh, I'm I just think you're right. I think, 
That's it, right, because the Premier League is becoming more exciting as the years yeah. go on as well. So I think it takes away from that. Like we've said, it, you've got another one in four weeks, you've got another international break. Yeah. And that's just when it's getting into the, the, the kind of the winter fixtures. Um, but just something, uh, Dave, you mentioned Southgate as well. So I saw he did, he was in the press again, wasn't he? Because players were, a fan sorry, booing Henderson and he was having a go at the, the fans for that. Um, do we have any thoughts on, on that tonight? I don't think we should be booing Henderson. I don't think it's his fault. Uh, I think as a footballer, you should play for your country until you are dropped um, or until you are no longer good enough. So Henderson's just doing his job because he's being called upon him and doing it. I think his selection is incorrect and people should be giving Southgate a bit of a good in over it. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And it's not just Henderson either. There's a number of players we previously discussed that should not be in the squad and are, aren't being picked on the form or how well they're playing. It is, these are the players that are deemed reliable and consistent in, in Southgate's eyes. Yeah. Do you, do you know what's funny is I, I think it was Alan Pardew I saw Alan Pardew do an interview about Calvin Phillips, who's another one that, that falls into this category. And he said something along the lines of, I don't understand why he doesn't get into the city side because he's good enough for England. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's not the qualifier. That's the wrong way around. He, it should be that he's not good. You know, he's good enough for England because he's good enough for city. It, Man City yeah. isn't above England. It should be the other way around in that, in that conversation. It certainly should be. But it, yeah. Yeah. Keep- Okay, so moving on um, onto the, the Women's Super League. So they're, they're, they're really early on in the season um, at the moment. But we had, let's have, I've got the results here, um, had a couple of uh, late wins. So Arsenal, the Arsenal women beat the, the Villa women 2-1 with two very late goals there. So what we've kind of been seeing in the Mezgo, so I said that was a 92nd and 94th minute there. Yep. Um, so you keep playing to the final whistle, isn't that what you're taught at school? Play to the whistle, play to the dinner yeah. bell. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Man United women uh, beat. Uh, sorry, no, it was one all with Leicester women. Uh, Man City won five nil against Bristol. Uh, Tottenham won away to Brighton and Hove Albion three one, and Everton beat Liverpool. So the table there, like I said, I know it is only three three games in but we've got Man City at the top Leicester and Chelsea all of them are on seven points and you've got Tottenham and Liverpool on six points each um, anything from from you two on the Wednesday game I'm sure yeah um, on, in the Arsenal game it was Beth Mead's first game back wasn't it and she's been out for a long long time obviously yeah. it was yeah. obviously was a very prominent part of the Lionesses when they won the Euros but missed the World Cup um, but was, I think that was over time. Actually, she must have been out at least a year. She she was out for eleven months with an ACL or anterior yeah. cruciate ligament injury. Yeah, um, and she assisted the second goal. She say. did, yeah. But the the first goal from Katie McCabe, incredible strike. I don't know if you've seen it. It's from an angle, but yeah. smashed it in. Yeah. And if you're watching men's football, you think well, that's an incredible goal. Women's football so probably doesn't get the attention it deserves, like many other games. That's what I was going to say, actually. So you said uh, Beth Mead, didn't she? She, she assisted the first goal. Second um, goal. Sorry, second goal. goal. We saw that, again, where I mentioned last week about Lautaro Martinez coming on and sort of like scoring four goals. You know, we've we've toyed in the past about the, the whole super sub. So, you know, the fact that she came on in the 88th minute um, and she sort of assisted in the goal, I think is, you know, sort of, having that impact so quickly, I think it's amazing the amount of times you see that happen, isn't it? Yeah, agreed. Okay, so next thing I wanted to then go on to was the um, the Italian football betting scandal. Now, I was talking to um, Lord Joey Fitz last night. Hi, hi, hi Joey. Um, obviously, because it affects one of his players. Now, he's told me, he's assured me everything's going to be okay. So <laughs> we, we've heard it there. But yeah, at the moment, well, I, I did take this because we've delayed recording, haven't we, Dave? But so, so when I looked at this, initially, there were four players being investigated, but I, I believe there was a allegedly sort of discussion of up to 10. But I think, Dave, yesterday it was being rumoured up to 40 now, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I think it just depends on which news source you get your information yeah. from. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, I think it's clear to say at the moment, what I have seen is none of this is relating to betting on football. 
So I know there's been a lot of conversations about the rumoured uh, punishments and why it's, it's not that bad. I think what it's clear to say is I think at the moment, none of them have either admitted or been accused of betting on football matches. So if, if I go through what I've got, so we've got um, Nicola Fagiolo, Fagioli, Nikola Zalewski, Sandro Tonali uh, from Newcastle and Nicolo Zaniola from Newcastle. And Zaniola and Tonali actually taken out of the Italy camp. So that, you know, I thought that might have uh, unnerved them before they qualify on Friday night. But at the moment, that, that didn't happen then. They were removed um, against Malta and England. So what are Tonali, Tonali sorry, and Zaniola accused of doing? It's alleged they were users of illegal online betting platforms. Betting is not criminal activity in Italy as long as punters use bookmakers licensed by the country's customs and monopolies agency. If, on the other hand, a bet is placed with an unlicensed bookmaker, it is a criminal offence punishable by a three-month sentence or a fine of a sliding scale uh, from £44,000 to £447,000. So, Tonali is accused of betting on matches in Serie A, but not on those involving his team at the time, AC Milan. So, sorry, there's that one. There there is, uh, sorry, a a rumour of football there, but clear to say not on his team. Uh, for Zaniolo, things seem uh, particularly serious. Oh, so there you go. Actually, I, I should read my notes because this one is a, another football one, apparently. He is accused of betting on Roma's matches while sat on the bench during a Coppa Italia game last season. However, he is saying that it's not football related and he said he played blackjack on a site without knowing it was illegal. He told investigators that he had placed bets on illegal sites but never bet on football. Uh, Fagioli at Juventus emerged that on the 10th of October, the Juventus midfielder was being investigated for using illegal gambling platforms and possibly betting on football matches. He admitted ensuring that he has betted on platforms but denies betting on any matches involving his team. Uh, he is aiding the investigation as best he can to get a reduced ban. And Nicholas Zalewski is a um, young Polish international. He is not overly concerned by being named as he feels he's distant from all the actions, but he, um, he, yeah, he's just been implicated. I couldn't get much more on him. So I think what the key thing at the moment the investigation is doing is if it broke Article 24 of the Code of Sports Justice, which prohibits the subjects of the federal systems, managers, members, and members of clubs belonging to the professional sector from making or accepting bets directly or indirectly, uh, even from persons authorised to receive them, which have as their object results relating to official matches organised with the framework of the FIGC FIFA or UEFA. So, yeah, it's just really messy, isn't it? So at the moment, like I said, there's no clear match-fixing allegations, but I think it's just an evolving story right now. Yeah, I think that's why it's hard to comment because we don't have the information. If you go to different news sources, you'll get different information. So what I was looking at could be up to 40 people, but rather than using a website, they were using apps. And from what I've heard, uh, Tanoli has shared these apps with other players. Well, obviously, this is all subject to investigation. and One of the other players has grasped him up for giving him the app. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so that's what it sounds like. But again, it it could be to get a a lighter sentence or uh, a lighter punishment, I suppose. Um, But I guess what it says is is gambling is prevalent at every every level of sports. This is what I was going to say. So like I said, and, and make it clear, at the moment, there is no... Um, indication or no evidence that it was match fixing or even on their teams um, but it feels harsh because obviously if they are say playing blackjack but if that is the rules in Italy that is the rules but what I wanted to say to the two of you or put to the two of you you know we we, we kind of do sometimes have a go at players not us as the three of us but fans but do we think now in the modern day with so much scrutiny by both by the press social media that players almost feel they have to have to hide these things. Everyone likes a little gamble. Everyone likes to go to a fruit machine or something. And we've seen recently a couple of times I wanted to bring up. So when Harry Kane went to um, Bayern, the weird things in the contract are coming up. Like they can only drive, is it the like a German car to the training ground and they can only wear certain clothes on club duty. So they are micromanaged to that. Well, that's about, that's about sponsorship, isn't it? Was it Mercedes? I think it was Mercedes. 
yeah, I think it was Mercedes, wasn't it? Yeah. Bayern are sponsored by Mercedes, so they want their players to appear in Mercedes cars, which yeah. I kind of get. I kind of understand that aspect. It's the same with like ten- tennis players that are sponsored by Nike. You yeah. don't see them in Adidas. I- but the question, I guess, to you is, do we think that because they are controlled, for want of a better term, to that level, that they need an outlet somewhere and maybe gambling is, is where they get it? Um, uh, possibly, but football clubs do provide education. I know certainly in the Premier League they do. Uh, not only education on betting and gambling, but also social media activities. I would have thought they should know better. But Absolutely. I, 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 maybe there's just wherever the line of a sliding scale is. They should definitely not be able to bet on anything they can influence. Like, that's a definite no-no. But if they were to bet on other stuff, obviously, you mentioned that they're betting through illegal channels. That's obviously wrong, as it is for the rest of the country. But if they can bet on stuff which is not anything to do that they can influence, then I don't think there's a problem. I, I think that's yeah. fine. It's a, a hobby, right? Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I don't gamble at all, so I don't gamble, I don't use machines or anything like that. So what I I guess it's pretty hard for me to, I don't know what the right word is, but it's hard for me to feel sympathy when I don't share or have similar problems or concerns, Like, or I suppose addiction yeah. is, is, is probably the, the key word. I don't have those, so it's hard for me to feel sympathy or empathize. Yeah. Uh- I said, I've been thinking about this for a while because we, we do have goat players. Now, you know, back in the day, players were always going to the pub and having pints with their fans after. But now if, if a player is caught at a club or is out having fun, it's it's a bad thing. And, you know, depending on if it's the night before, you can kind of understand it. But yeah, I do just wonder if, if players are kind of going to hide more and more of... Yeah, illegal activity is illegal, right? But whether it makes it it intensifies what they're doing because they're trying to keep it secret because if it gets out in the press, they're going to be slated. Yeah. The thing is also, as well, it's so much more available and easy to everyone now. Like, if I wanted to, for the next five minutes, I could put 100 quid on some random match in Brazil. Um, let's do it. Let's do wait. it. <laughs> yes, yeah, see, see, let's see, track that through, see how it goes. But, you know, back in the olden days, you'd have to go to a bookies and you know draw out the cash and, and do it that way. So... Actually, for me to be able to do that in five minutes is just like a player. And obviously, they have more disposable income than I do. So the temptation just to push a button and put a bet on something, I can, I kind of get in a, in a little way. It's, the temptation is easier to, to follow through on. Yeah. Well, I suppose it comes down to education and support for the players as well. Yeah. There will be players who genuinely but, have an issue. But are any of them... come? There's two different things here, isn't there? Are any of them coming out and saying they've got a gambling addiction? Because that's different to just... I think two of them have. Against the rules. I think well, two have, haven't they? This is where I think I said in a WhatsApp last night. It's kind of are they saying it because they've been outed and they want to use that as an excuse, or is it a genuine reason? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, that happens a lot, hard. doesn't it? When it once it comes yeah. out in the press or anything, they say they've got an addiction to try and get a bit of sympathy in a more lenient, lenient case. Yeah. But would they admit they had a gambling addiction two weeks before getting caught? You don't know, do you? And I guess that's what I'm saying. We will always be sceptical as fans, but are they, you know, could they have it? Because if you, by nature of hiding something, does that make it more of an addiction and they have to hide it because they're not allowed to be seen as, as doing I mean, it? They might, who, to what element are they hiding it from the public, but they might not be hiding it from their family or, or their close friends. Possibly. Possibly. Depend, if you got to a point where you're hiding it from your nearest and dearest, that is definitely something wrong in an addiction. I think hiding it from the public, I think, is okay as long as they're not committing a crime. And also, the I think the industry in general has a problem. So I think, as we said before, you can't get away from it. It's on yeah. TV, radio, shirts, on the yeah. you know, advertising hoardings. It is yeah. everywhere. Yeah. So they can advertise it, but they can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting to see it evolve over the next couple of weeks. What will be fascinating is I wonder what punishments can be given to them and whether that will affect those like uh, Tanali and Zaniola who are in England, whether there's, there's any ban. Because, I mean, if it's purely illegal betting on illegal platforms, it would feel harsh because they've not broken footballing rules. Yeah. But, yeah. I think we but, need to see what but, comes but, out. But again, just say I was committed of that crime, of committing, you know, putting crimes on illegal websites, I wouldn't be banned from my job for six months. 
it's yeah. a case of you pay the fine and, and do the punishment with the court of law, isn't it? It doesn't impact yeah. your day-to-day role, unless I'm locked up, of course, but that might might, might have an impact. <laughs> but you, you're right, it's interesting when it doesn't break football and laws and then kind of what happens. Well, if we yeah. take Ivan Tony as an example, so see, he was banned over here, he still is banned until January. What the FA did was they wrote to other European football associations, say, hey, we've imposed this ban, please can you do the same in your relevant territories? And that is to prevent him from playing or going on loan to, to another country. It's interesting. It's interesting because, you know, put yourselves in Newcastle and Aston Villa's position where they probably, well, they likely knew nothing about this and now all of a sudden they face potentially losing players. It's um, But it's, it's again, is their crime a little bit different? Nate, Ivan Tony was betting on stuff he had an influence on. I, I think that's a bit of a difference to betting through websites that are not allowed in the country. Well, I think let's find out what the charges yeah. and allegations are and we can probably make yeah, a and, follow-up discussion. Yeah. And the key thing is their phones and tablets have been taken, so I think it should be clear. God, that's punishment yeah. enough, isn't it, these days? <laughs> yeah. God, I'd stick to that. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll come back to this as and when there's more stuff. Um Got a couple of other stories here. I'm going to just skip down to this one, actually. So Liverpool. So this was a thing a, a few weeks ago, but following the international break, Liverpool's trip to Man City in... Um, oh, sorry, no, this will be after the next international break, sorry. Liverpool go to Man City in November, and that first game back has been moved to 12.30 on a Saturday. So this means that Liverpool, over, I can't remember how many years, but will have had 14 of the early fixtures the next highest team is Tottenham, and they've only had six. So Klopp had already slammed his side's early fixture numbers last month, saying, look, it's only two and a half hours before the 3 p.m. games. That's true, but it's completely different when you're having to have a pre-match meal at 9 a.m. It means the boys are really not, yeah, that, yeah, really not there yet because they come from different time zones, and everyone who has ever had jet lag knows how that feels. Last season, Liverpool had six lunchtime starts and one none. They drew three, lost three. Now, I think they did win their last ones. That kind of broke that that record. But that does feel a bit bizarre, doesn't it? One team having so many. I've got yeah. no sympathy. <laughs> it is, yeah. It is it's obviously odd. But I don't think you can expect to be a top team in this country and not expect your fixtures to be moved around for TV purposes. Yeah, exactly. And we look at... Comes the territory. I couldn't agree more. So Liverpool, is it Everton this weekend? Yeah. I don't know, actually. I believe so. I think it's, I think it's Everton. There'd be the Man City after the next international break. But that's been moved forward because they don't want fans drinking in the pubs. It's the same as the the, the Arsenal-Tottenham games. Traditionally, it'll be an early kickoff. Yeah. And to be honest, if, you have, if you're that level that Liverpool are, you've got all those international players, that's their problem, ultimately. Yeah. If you want to be a successful club, you've got to deal with these sort of things. And ultimately, if they're on TV, they'll get more rev- revenue. I agree. I kind of agree with that sentiment, but I guess what, what they're saying is looking at it. So if you think that if the next team is Tottenham on six, that means the next team after that has to be at least five, right? Or at the most five. So if you're a Liverpool fan, you're saying that's nine games at least more than any of the other top teams. So we're saying that Arsenal with the North London derby and, and Tottenham and Arsenal with Chelsea or Man United with Man City, Liverpool... Um, we're saying that they wouldn't have instance to have just as many, or maybe if not as many, more than three or four. It should, it should probably it should probably be fairer to his point. It should probably be fairer the way it's spread out. But yeah, the sympathy thing is is hard because, like you said, it is only two and a half hours. But maybe they should scrap that half twelve game, you know, permanently because that half twelve game is typically very flat game isn't it it's it's very yeah. the atmosphere is usually a bit lower than what it should be so maybe they should just crap it full stop and just have everyone play at three or five yeah or, or yeah, the next I'm not, day. yeah i'm not advocating sympathy as such but i just think i think if it was one of our teams you would we would you look at it and say that feels a bit weird no not at all and because it, we're a london we've got london clubs we're small london clubs we we have a lot more london derbies they're far more intense than most Liverpool games will play. <coughs> and Liverpool have also got to contend with Europe. But you know, they should have a squad big enough to support you know, challenges on multiple aspects. I've I got zero the, sympathy. Really, really yeah, don't. I don't think it's a sympathy thing. That 
It's in question. I think it's it's weird how some of his managers come out with this sort of stuff. Because remember a few years ago where, and it was just when Tottenham were playing in the lower European trophies, where it was like, Tottenham can't play Thursday and Sunday, but we can play Wednesday and Saturday. And you're yep. like, but that's essentially the same. But you know, there was a big thing about Tottenham. Uh, sorry, excuse me. Um, oh. About Tottenham. About Tottenham being that's able. A fine. That's a fine. That's we fine. said that rule up, haven't we? That's a fine day, right? Yeah, sorry. Apologise. Is that the illegal bookmaker gave in touch yeah. of your £100 bet, bet in Brazil? Yeah, we just said I won that, that match in Brazil. <laughs> I'm now a millionaire. Um, but yeah, they said that Tottenham couldn't play on a Sunday and, you know, a Thursday and Sunday. And it's just because the stats backed it up. I just, I find this sort of stuff hard to, to listen to because it shouldn't make a difference. They're all professionals, they're all athletes. Shouldn't really matter what time they play at the weekend. Plus, if they are travelling internationally, let's let's be honest, they're they're travelling first class or whatever's above first class. In in Europe, we're not talking yeah. about across the world. Yeah. We're talking about you know he mentioned jet lag and Dan, you mentioned jet lag well, in guess, the description. Yeah, but I guess. How bad is a three so. hour jet lag? Or well, I guess worst? some of the players might be in Brazil now. They're, you know, there oh. could be yeah, yeah there okay. could be some of that. But you know, it's not going to be half the squad, is it? I mean, be... yeah, I mean, the other thing, Klopp, Klopp is a serial moaner as well. Yeah, Do you remember when yeah. he moaned about the wind affecting the game as well? Yeah. And that's yeah. why his team didn't win. So as, yeah. as good manager as he is, he does talk a lot of um, rubbish. On okay, well, there you go, Klopp, if you're listening. Uh, Dave, Dave's, Dave's giving it to you straight there. <laughs> no, I kind of get it. Like, like, like yourselves, they're professionals. They should be able to handle it. I can see Klopp's point on this one, though. I can see why he would have a moan. Um, but yeah, I think what you said right at the start, one of you, I think it was Dave or, or, or Dan, one of the two. Well, it might be Dave's cat, actually. This is the perils of being, like you said, a top team, right? Yeah, I think we both said and, that. Yeah. We'll take credit. So, you know, um, so what we're saying is he should be quite privileged, feel privileged, right? That's what we're yeah. saying. Just football take. Okay, um, I did have a feature, but I want to skip that. The, the the other big kind of story that came out this week was the Man United takeover, which feels to be the next longest story of football since since the previous one. Um, so ultimately, the main thing that's happened is the Qatari Sheikh Jassim has withdrawn his offer. Now, the key thing there was he was tabling a hundred percent offer, so he was actually going to take over the club entirely, wipe out their debt, I think. He, he was looking to pay, I think it was £5 billion pounds, uh, to take over the club. So what that means is now it's a um, an investment by, by I think it's uh, Jim Ratcliffe, is it? it is he's going to take a 20, yeah, he's going to take a 25% purchase in it. So it could include a long-term outright ownership clerk clause but what i've seen is obviously a lot of ha- uh, a lot of fans are unhappy at this because they did want to see the end of the glazers and they did want to see a complete takeover so have either of you sort of got any thoughts on this story um not overly i know one of my best mates who's a manchester united fan is pleased that it's not a saudi bid taken over so he's quite relieved on that um but then i don't know what the answer is after that yeah, I mean, from from my perspective, I'm not that bothered. Uh, I have seen reports that the Sheikh might be taking over Tottenham or interested in Tottenham. But nah, not happening. <laughs> no, from a from Manchester United perspective, it doesn't bother me. It really doesn't. I mean, the club was massive in the 2090 late 90s and 2000s, but to see their, I suppose, like the demise almost is quite nice. Where where I think most football fans have suffered. Uh, or the constant gloating about how great the biggest club in the world is. To see their issues now, the challenges with the stadium, challenges with players, it's not a Glazer issue. It's not just a Glazer issue. There, there's a bigger fundamental issue at that. I think it's um yeah, I guess it's a, a watch your space on that and and takeovers of other clubs. But yeah, I, j- I just found that interesting because it was a, a, a an investment purchase against a total takeover. So we'll see what happens there. Um, so had it over to the quiz but before I do I did have a feature but I just wanted to pick up a couple of things because I did pivot tables and everything so I think it's only fair that I do mention something of the work I've done (laughs) so it was international week so I did have a look at players that have switched allegiance 
countries and leaders. Now, I did have all the rules because that has changed, but I won't do that. But I've seen since, I think, recorded times. So the earliest one was 1876. There have been 287 instances of men switching and 28 women. Uh, there were two in the 1800s, but in the 2000s, there's been 145. So it's almost as many, well, uh, we're looking at, yeah, probably just under half of what's happened in the previous century. Um, and I've got, oh, gone. I was going to say, uh, how much of that is because of like things like war and countries splitting up? And There was a lot of that early on, and if I went into it, so a lot of Austrian players in the 30s had to play for Germany, and there's a yeah. reason there. Um, but yeah, I would say in recent years, it's probably less so. But um, just quickly, a couple of other stats. So those who have switched from England to another nation, I've got seven. That's five men and two women. And those who have switched to England are six. That was four men and two women. And just interestingly, there's only one player. Stankovic is the only man to represent three differently named nations. And again, that was kind of because of war. So he he, he did Yugoslavia, Serbia and Montenegro and and Serbia on its own. So yeah, um, yeah, I'll have a bit more on that maybe in the next international break. But I did, like who, I said, who, I did who were the five this. players that have gone away from England? Uh, who switched away from England. Yeah. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, I'm just uh, filtering on that now. That's uh, lucky you've done the prep for this with your pivot table. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they, they were quite early on. So in recent terms, I've got Stephen Corker went from England to Sierra Leone. Uh, a, he was a Tottenham got... player, wasn't he, Stephen Corker? He was. That was really yeah. now. Uh, Drew Spence was from England women to Jamaica women two years ago. Wilfred Zahar from England to Ivory Coast in 2017. Uh, and then basically they're from the 80s. You've got Jeannie Allett, uh, England women to Netherlands women. And then in the 60s, Jackie Sewell, England to Zambia. 58, Ken Armstrong, England to New Zealand. And in 1876, the first one, John Hawley Edwards, England to Wales. So there you go. Controversial. Quiz. Quiz. Okay, over to me. So this week, quiz is going to be slightly different, which is, is also a good thing. As in celebration or in recognition of the European Championships, and one of the things we didn't mention as part of the uh, the agenda is the the European Championship for 2028 and 2032 have been announced. So 2028 is going to be hosted by England, Scotland, Ireland, Northern Ireland, and Wales, and then 2032 is Italy, Turkey. So this quiz is based around European Championships. So okay. to date, there has been there have been 15. Um, what you're going to do is you're going to give me a number and I'm going to give you the year of the championship and you will tell me which country hosted, who were the winners. No chance. Sorry. <laughs> the, the more recent ones you should know, hopefully, especially especially one from 2020, which took place in 2021. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so a country, the winners, the score and how... Of what, them... all, every game or just during the final? Just the final. Just <laughs> okay. the final. <laughs> But also how how the match was won. Oh word! Okay, I can't even. So, so how the match was won? There's four categories. Well, it's actually technically five. Um, after extra time, after ninety minutes, on penalties, golden goal, or on a replay. You might let's have to remind it. me as, as let's, I do it. But yeah, let's. That's right. We'll go through it. So. Uh, this, this this is going to be shambolic on my part. I'm saying now, apologies to all the listeners. So what I will say, there are countries who have dual hosted or more their competition. So for example, I've nominated, well, what I mentioned, 2028, because it's England, Scotland, Wales, Ireland, Northern Ireland. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So what, I'll accept one country. One country of the hosted, okay. Yep. Yeah, okay. So, I don't, so you get one point for that. Also, if there are countries who have, well, under a different name, I'll accept the current name as well. Okay. I, I can only remember four winners. So excellent. Okay. Just written those down, but I don't we necessarily have, know the host. We have numbers uh, one to fifteen. Do you get a point for each answer, Dave? So if you get the yes, host right, do. okay. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So and we'll, we'll do a little bit of a uh, maths at the end to, to make sure everything's all lined up. Let's go so first. We'll try and go through ten. See, um, and then obviously we've got an odd number. So hopefully, given the number of points you can get, we'll get an outright winner. Yeah, Who would like it. to go first? I'll do it. Let's go. I thought the host goes first, but go on then. 
Can can I choose a year? No. No. Let's go five, please. Number five. Okay. 2008. Six, you know that one? I don't know that one. That's one I don't know. Oh, I've only really written helpful, four winners. Um, let's go for Spain as a winner. Okay. Feels about the Spain era. Let's go. Did they be... Oh, you don't. Oh, you don't want the one I'm up, do you? Um, no. Two thousand eight. How long? That's ages ago, isn't it? <laughs> I think we've got to be quick on this. We're running out of time. Let's go. Let's go. Romania. Um, I don't think I've ever hosted it, and we'll say that Spain won two 0 in ninety minutes. you two points what did i get right so was spain who won it yes it was hosted in austria and switzerland <sighs> and they won after 90 minutes cool i'll take that as a win okay you've won already but let's oh my pen's run out oh my pen's run out i think we should call it a draw <laughs> um number six number six I've had another penalty, alright, I've got a sub. Gun. But then. 2020. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's going to be Italy. Correct. After penalties. And did you say if it's multiple hosts, you just need to name one? Correct. Italy. Yeah. It's a host. Italy won. They hosted games. You and want the final score won. as well. Oh, you want the final score? No, I thought we did. Oh, we do final score. Yeah. It was a one-all after extra uh, after extra time. Three-two on pens. Four house. Well done. Yeah, you won. <laughs> that's, that's so unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go number one, please. Number one. Nineteen sixty-eight. Oh. God knows. Not tickling. Um, 1968, so that was two years after England won the World Cup. So let's go... Let's go West Germany as a winner. Um, it was hosted somewhere in Europe. Let's go... <laughs> let's, let's, let's go France. Um, 1-0 win. I'm going to go replay because you mentioned replay as a category, so let's go run it on a replay. I'll give you one point for the replay. Yes, I'll take that. <laughs> who, so, who won it? Okay, it's 1968. Uh, Italy won it. Yeah. It was hosted in Italy. And yeah, okay. it went, went to replay. And they, 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 the first match was 1-0 after extra time. Then Italy won 2-0 on the replay. Dan, did you know that Italy won it that year? Nice. I knew they'd won one. I wouldn't have been able to guess it, say that confidently. Yeah. I can remember if it was earlier. Um, I'll go for eight, please. Number eight. 1980. No, no chance. Uh, 1980. Let's say. Spain. Spain, Spain, 1-0 in 90 minutes. I'll give you one point. It wasn't, it wasn't Spain, was it? They it wasn't one. Spain, so hosted in Italy. Okay. Uh, the winners were West Germany, who won after 90 minutes. I was going to say West oh, Germany. So my last answer would have got more points than the one I answered for. <laughs> it would have done, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's go. Have we had 10 yet? We have not had 10. Let's have 10, please. 2004. 2004. Did, I said Spain won it in 2008. Did they win Euros, World Cup, Euros, or did they win World Cup, Euros, World Cup? I want to go for a Spain win. 
So won a few tournaments in a row. Did two two thousand sorry, two thousand. And four. Yeah, let's go Spain win. Okay. Um hosted in Oh no, hang on. No, 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 I'm gonna take this back. I think I shake my head. I should have shaken my head. I think this is the year Greece won it and they beat Portugal in the final and it was hosted in Portugal. There's cheating going on here. But what what did they did they there's How cheating, and I've just thrown How... my pen across the room. I, 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 there's illegal, there's illegal cheating going on. Here. Is it illegal? So, yeah. Ben, I haven't finished answering yet. So Greece. Um, no, we got to take that. No, no, it's too long. Greece won take... it. Portugal hosted it. Um, I think the Greece. I think they won in full. I reckon they won in full time. I think we need to turn down screen. Two, right. two, one. Where was it hosted? It was hosted in Portugal. Four points. So it was. Well, yeah, well so... done. Uh, well, well done for doing the wrong score, Dan. Well done. You can make it too <laughs> believable. Yeah. yeah, Portugal hosted. Greece beat Portugal in the final one nil after ninety minutes. Dan, you're, so you're so bitter. So it's because I shook my head and you change you you, uh, you change your, your mind. So that's my fault. Twelve, please. Number twelve. 1964. Now, if you said 60, I knew the one, the winners of 60. Were you there? (laughs) (laughs) So did you say 64? I did. Not 60. Not 60. I'm just going to repeat my previous one then. I'm going to go for Spain, Spain, 1 0, 90 minutes. Four points. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Spain beat the Soviet Union 2 1 after 90 minutes. Okay. There you go. Let's go. Have we had number one? Yeah. Yes, we have. Number two? We have not had number two. You're not two. taking notes, Dad. You're not, you're not taking notes, are you? <laughs> 19. 96. 96. 96. 76. Oh! <laughs> Do my tactic. Let's go. I don't think France won a major tournament up until 98, did they? Let's go. West Germany. Uh, sorry, no, Germany. 76, did you say? Yep. Germany, hosted in Germany. Um, extra time, after extra time. 1 0. No points. <sighs> so the, the winners were Czechoslovakia, or I suppose now the Czech Republic, hosted in the former Yugoslavia. They beat West Germany on penalties. Oh, that's close, then. Okay. Got one nation, right? Uh, four, please. Number four. I I don't like saying this one. I'm going to we're going to upset someone. Nineteen ninety. <sighs> Nineteen ninety-six. Uh, hosted in England. Yep. Is that Germany? Uh, hosted in England. Do you know what? Weirdly, it's not one of the ones I had written down. Um, Germany, England. I don't remember the final, so I'm going to say 1 0, 90 minutes. Germany won in um, Golden Goal, didn't they? Did they? They did win in Golden Goal, yeah. The, uh, the first championships do have a Golden Goal, I think. And they beat Czech Republic in the final. Two one. Feels like I should get some bonus points there. It does, but you're not going to get them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Number three. Number three. Nineteen eighty (sighs) four. Leave it out. Nineteen eighty four. So 1984, let's go 
to win it for. Germany winner. Um, they won 2-0 um, in 90 minutes. And where was it hosted? 1984. Hosted in France. You got three points. Wow. Hey, which ones did I get right? So 1984 was hosted in France. France yeah. went on to win it 2-0 after 90 minutes. So the fact I just ruled myself out saying France won it because I didn't think they'd won anything until the World Cup. I think this is a fifth one, isn't it? Uh, so I'll do yep. 15. Dave. Number 15. 2000. For goodness sake. <laughs> I, I don't know this one. Why don't I don't know this one. I say it's, it's worked for me before. Spain, Spain, 1 0, 90 minutes. It's zero points, but I don't think oh. it matters really. Oh. So it was hosted uh, between Belgium and the Netherlands. France won a 2 1 on golden goals against Italy. No. That's yeah, why you, oh that's why you've blocked yes. it out. Oh, oh, oh my god, I remember that now. I remember that so clearly. <laughs> that's painful. So okay. you, I, I think you both did incredibly well, to be honest. As you're racking your brains back to before our time of existence. Didn't see. Because uh, there was ones we missed, obviously, we didn't have 92, was it? I had that answer locked away in my head. Denmark, that was Denmark, wasn't it? Yeah. Denmark won it, but they didn't even qualify, did they? They got put in as a like yeah. a lucky loser type. And that was situation. the that it was, was hosted the in Sweden. Was it hosted in Sweden? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if we go through the remaining ones in um, date order, so starting with the first, nineteen sixty, Soviet Union. Soviet Union went on to win it after extra time against Yugoslavia, and it was hosted in France. Then in 1972, uh, it was hosted in Belgium and the winners were West Germany after 90 minutes who beat the Soviet Union 3-0. Then in 1988, so it was hosted in Germany. Uh, the Netherlands beat the Soviet Union 2-0. I remember this one for Van Basten and the Hullet header. Uh, in 92, as you've already mentioned, it's hosted in Sweden. Denmark were the winners uh, after 90 minutes. 1-2-0, uh, they beat Germany. And then the last two to cover off. In 2012, it's hosted in Poland and Ukraine. Spain beat Italy 4-0 after 90 minutes. I well, that believe... one I definitely wiped from my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the largest win in uh, European final yeah. as well. And then France hosted again in 2016. And the winners were Portugal beating France 1-0 after extra time. Excellent quiz. That's a quiz. The, the thing to call out that 92-1 Denmark was that saw the introduction then of the pass-back rule, didn't it? Because of the time wasting that they, they, they were doing Schmeichel in the back lines, remember? Yes, and how tedious it was. Yeah, and that's what led to the introduction of the, the, the back pass rule, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cheers, Dave. Thank you very much. Oh, what was the score? Did you say the score? Oh, that's not that important. Dan, it's all about taking part. <laughs> we said there's so many times that these quizzes don't say, matter who wins. Do we say the score, Dave? Sorry. Well, I, will, I will announce the score. And the winner is, on 12 points, Dan P. And what and, did I get? What did I get? You're 10. Oh, so close. Oh, so very, close. very close. And in fact, to be honest, I'm going to take the moral win here because you got 96 and you got 2021 or 20,000, 2020. I'm taking the actual win, so that's you, you, take, you take the actual win, but it's a bit, it's a bit like you know Liverpool getting all those 12 30 kickoffs. This is the same. You got you had a favourable draw, and it's just depends hey, if you okay put, taking we put it. A poll out after this actual win or, or moral win I'll take the actual win <laughs> I'll tell you what this is like this is like Man United being drawn at home in a cup competition yeah 10 times time. yeah and it's, it's just unfair but I will and I've also it. got well hold on if we're doing this and I've got real dubious uh, doubts 
about your Greece answer, but we're, we're just, yeah, we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. That's all <laughs> what I was going to say was Dan S here is moaning like Klopp. That's what we've got. Yeah. Going no, on. no. But my point to my, I think, I think <laughs> on that, on, on that absolutely amazing news about me winning the quiz, I think we end the, 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 uh, the pod there. Dave, Dan, anything from yourselves? No, no, thank you. No, so it's good to be back. Thank you very much for hosting, Dan. Really do appreciate it. No worries. Um, and no, he's talking to me. And um, thanks, <laughs> just for me. Uh, yes, yeah, so you could get us uh, on Twitter at Just Football Pod. Uh, check us on Instagram. Just shout out to Joey Fitz, um, two blokes from Blighty Podcast, and Seismic Cinema, the the guys at Seismic Cinema who who kind of uh, interact with us on on Twitter or X. So, other than that, we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to Just Football. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please share with your friends and family. We're available on all podcasting platforms and you can follow us on X at Just Football Pod. In the meantime, keep your head up and your eyes on the ball.